Welcome to Undrafted. Um, sorry about the dang almost five months since our last episode. Four months since our last episode. That was a big hiatus. What? That was a big hiatus. It was a big hiatus. Uh, I'm Ryan. Uh, and welcome to this uh, quarantine edition of Undrafted. Um, there's no sports going on. Uh, it has been. Um, I can't imagine going through drug there, withdrawals being as bad as going through sports withdrawals. There, there is some sort of sports going on. I mean, the NFL draft is still going on. Ah, come on. <laughs> the Lions didn't screw up pick number three. So no, and that was the, I know that was what everybody was worried about. Um, they've had they've had a pretty good draft so far. This that's that's what it looks like. Did you see my unpopular opinion this morning? Oh. I I really think with all the because I I do believe I don't believe that the Lions needed to draft an elite quarterback. They don't. Stafford has at least three or four more years left, right? Okay. So my my unpopular opinion was take Lewerke. You are literally risking nothing in taking Lewerke. Have him develop under Stafford to be a better pocket passer. Get that arm really where you want it. And then by the time the work he would become a starter, he, he'd be ready. You know what I'm saying? And if he doesn't get ready, then, hey, no no harm, no foul. Right. I mean, if he's there late in the draft. That's what I'm they... saying. If he's there, take him. Um, when you got all your other needs met. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's just my unpopular opinion, but. I mean, you know how I, I feel about MSU. Um, I would say even you take him this year, see how he does, you know, being mentored by those vets that we got. Yeah. Uh, and the quarterback coaches that we have. And um, if we're in a position to take Trevor Lawrence next year, take Trevor Lawrence and have those two guys battle it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. You can either thrive or crumble under pressure. Uh, we've seen that a lot out of MSU QBs. Uh, Kirk Cousins thrive, thrived under that pressure. Connor Cook did not thrive under that type of pressure. Um, but I think I think Lewerke honestly would be more like Kirk Cousins in that instance. But uh, we're here to talk about hockey, not football per se. Well, football is about the only thing that's going on right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but what are Ooh, your open? I got a question for you. Yeah. And I've and and and, and I've, I'm taking this from the guys from the off season podcast. Oh Jesus! Uh, okay, and, and I want to hear your take being an MSU alum. Okay, who's the greatest MSU uh, player of all time for basketball? And, and I'm going to give you the two names that the off season podcast say: Denzel, Denzel Valentine. And oh, I can't think of his name now. Who's playing there right now? Um, Cassius Winston. Yeah, Cassius Winston. Is it all like of all time? It, they say they said the greatest MSU uh, star of all time. Yes. In basketball. And then they gave those two names. In basketball. Yeah. Is that a serious question? Yes. They, they totally what... failed on this question. But that, they gave those two names, and every I time I those wouldn't even Cassius Winston will be up there. He'll be in probably number three or four in my list. Uh, but those, I mean, those wouldn't be the two first names I, I'd think of. The first name that I think of when they ask that question it's every magic. single time is Magic. Magic Johnson, and then second would be Mateen Cleaves. <laughs> right in in that in that order, Mateen Cleaves and Cassius are on the same. Um, um, I think they're on the same level. I honestly think I do believe with where Michigan State was at the end of the season, it was their season to lose. They, they, I think they were going to win the national championship this year. Honestly, uh, I do too. 
and that I, I and don't that's think from a huge heel fan. So, yeah, I don't I mean, think anybody was going to stop them once they got into the tournament. I, I I really believe that they were playing their best, and it's all part. Of, and we're going to get into that with hockey too. Um, so with that being said, uh, do you have any opening um, thoughts? I mean, we've kind of been going on for about five minutes already, so I guess we've kind of <laughs> talked about them already, but. Uh, I mean, do you have any other oh. opening thoughts? But uh, my honest, my my actual opening thought is, I want to send out uh, my condolences to uh, Kobe Cave's uh, wife and family. Um, he recently lost his life uh, due to a brain bleed on his head. Uh, quite sad. He was only, I believe, it was like twenty five, so a lot of life to live front of him but uh my condolences out to his family yeah that was quite a shock um the, the head injuries are nothing to to shake your head at folks um i i don't care who you are um i don't care what sport you play uh, head injuries are no joke uh with, with, with that being said um i just want to say thank you to all the first responders and medical personnel out there um, just doing their jobs and i know um, we have a few Australian listeners and all that, and um, if you've just been paying attention to the news, we are um, the United States has been hit the worst. Which uh, we honestly, when it comes to something, when it comes to healthcare and all that, um, if something was going to come up in that, we would be the country to be hit the worst um, because we are so backwards in the way we think. Um, and with that, be but adding to that, with all that being said, um, we are seeing the best and worst out of. Uh, our nation. Um, I'm choosing to look at the best. Um, the uh, the healthcare people, healthcare workers. No matter what you do, even if you're just a, a cafeteria worker in those hospitals, thank you. It, it, not just they are yeah. the ones who are giving yeah. the energy to keep our our medical personnel going. Yeah, and it, it is just um, the people who. Um, the essential employees, the grocery store workers, the fast food workers, um, Helen and I, you know what? We usually don't eat out, but the last few weeks, um, when we've had to run into town, cause I still get paper checks. I have to deposit my checks. Um, and when no, we run 1990 in- called, they, they want <laughs> that back. <laughs> right. And, uh, like we'll, we'll go into town and, uh, if we go into town, we'll go get like, uh, we'll pick up to go like yesterday we got Applebee's. Oh God, and we're getting ready to switch over to the keto diet. So I've been trying to make better choices, but I found out with the keto diet, I can drink, I can eat as much bacon as I freaking want. So, guys, the keto diet is um, is a good thing. <laughs> what 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 does taking a key to your toe have to do with diet? Right, I've always wondered that, but uh, it works. <laughs> it works. Whatever it does, it works. But yeah, hey, it I, worked for our buddy uh, Brian. Yeah, so I, but yeah, I just want to say thank you to all those healthcare workers. And back to my point, my ADD needs to stop kicking in. Um, but yeah, thank you um, so much to all you essential employees. Yes, even Meals on Wheels drivers, you guys are doing great. Good job. <laughs> it has been, it has been such a, a, a weird thing. Caleb and I, before the show, we were talking about, um, uh, the the negative side uh, to being essential employees. Um, Caleb and I have had to uh, distance ourselves from our children, and for those people going through that, we are with you completely. Um, we have had to dis- distance ourselves from our children. Me, it's just every other weekend, and um, I've suspended our our visits. We just do Facebook a lot. We do Facebook video chat and all that. Caleb, because his family lives with him 100% of the time, he's had to move them across town and live by himself for, what, like a month now? A little over a month, yes. And I, my prayers are with you, man. If you have, I didn't realize that, or else I'd be talking to you every day. I'm sorry. Um, this, well, I do have, I do have my brother-in-law staying with. So oh, okay. Positive there. Um, Good. Good. Well, I'm. That makes me feel just a little bit better, because uh, I I felt like a horrible friend if I haven't talked. Like, um, I I I moved we I moved three and a half hours north, and uh, you're still my best friend, and I I miss you dearly. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, I do. It it really <laughs> sucks. Um, you know, like I'm I'm really happy for you, proud of you for taking that big ass jump and moving that far um 
You know, that's not something that's easy to do. Uh, moving away from your family, friends, and support system. But you've managed to do it, and you're doing it well. We've, we've thrived up here, um, and I can't take all that credit. Um, I I have... We might have our fights. We might have our disagreements, but I have the most wonderful woman on planet Earth next to me um, through yeah, all of it. <laughs> right? Mine, mine's uh, the first one. Yeah, it's... So, <laughs> So yeah, it's... it's. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I just... I'm glad your brother-in-law is staying with you. Kelsey's brother, I'm assuming, since that's what a brother-in-law is. So that was a dumb statement. That's it's been one of those days. It's been one of those months. It's been one of those years. Honestly, it just hasn't been superb. Um, but we're making the best of it, and that's and that's what um, we're gonna do today. Um, despite all of the hullabaloo and everything, uh, we are going to make the best out of what's going on right now. Um, we're gonna bring a little bit of hockey to you. That's what we're gonna do. Let's try to bring some joy. Yeah. Uh, in in recent news, the Red Wings still suck, and my There's, dog soap water. Somehow they're still losing when they're not even playing. That, that's what I've heard. Yeah, um, <laughs> m- the month of March, the Red Wings have won zero games, <laughs> and the month of March have has won twenty two. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So with that, I got to go back up here. So we're going to go over our Red Wings season in review. Or do you think we should take a break before we do that? Ah, Should we just... Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, we'll take a longer segment here. Um, So... So all I remember um, at the beginning of the season... (laughs) uh, at the beginning of the season, it was kind of entertaining because the Red Wings got off on this rip that nobody saw coming. And then, like, what was it? I gotta, I gotta find it here. Blah, blah, blah. They, the, their final record, uh, seventeen forty nine and five. God, that's bad. Terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they started the season out three and one. Uh, from October 5th to October 10th, the four games they won three. And then we started dealing with injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 5-3 to three win over Nashville in the first game of the season. The 4-3 to three win over Dallas, which was a shocker. Uh, Bernie put on a show that game. Howard put on a show in the first game. Uh, we had a 3-1 to one loss to Anaheim, but then rebounded with a 4-2 win over Montreal. And Montreal, we had their number all year. Um, so... I mean, I guess that was a good thing. Um, But after that, it just... Then we saw the wings that we were going to see. And the funny thing is, the wins came in spurts. They'd get, like, two wins and then, like, eight losses and a win. Then three losses and two wins and then 14 losses. It was such a weird... I. It was a weird season. And the thing is... and. We talked about it last year, how we said, even though they're bad, they were fun to watch. This year, they weren't as much fun to watch. But the difference between last year and this year is that we're seeing a different... Um, Eisman's going to implement a completely different system than Holland implemented. And that's kind of what we were seeing. I think you're going to see uh, draft picks buried in the minors for 10 years before they come up. No, absolutely not. I think... Um, and we'll talk I about... Think you'll this. see... Rasmussen next year, you're going to see um, Cider, you're going to see Valeno. Um, you're going to see Heroes? I think so. I, I honestly do. Um, that, that's the future of our team. Depending on who we draft this year, if a guy like Perfetti, you'll mm-hmm. see him in there this year. I'd, I'd I don't see how you could not have a guy like this or Lafreniere or Byfield up there this year. Is is it bad that I want the Wings not to get the top pick just so we can get Perfetti? I would love to have Golfetti on our team. Oh, that'd be awesome. The kid's hockey IQ is just 
off the charts. Yeah. I you, you can't put it any other way than off the charts. He has been said by OHL Central Scouting. Yeah. Uh, the NHL Central Scouting. He has the best hockey IQ of anybody in this draft. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so don't get me wrong, I'd like to have <laughs> Lafiniere as well, but uh I right. If we don't get him, give me Perfetti and I'll be happy. Right. And we'll talk about that NHL draft coming up here in a minute. Um but with the Red Wings season in review, um I remember like it looked like they were going to get to 10 wins in like 20 games at the start of the season with how they started and we knew better than to to think that optimistically. Uh they ended up getting their 10th win on New Year's Eve. That was 41 games into the season. <laughs> Halfway through the season they get their 10th win. A lot of that's due to injury. Uh, yeah. Um once again Mantha who was on a tear at the beginning of the season. Mhm. Gets hurt fighting because that's well no he didn't get hurt fighting he got hurt from a uh dirty slew foot mma style body slam right without a suspension to the guy who did it yep um so with that who is my who, mvp who was your best player of the season for detroit philip ronick chronic <laughs> defensive guy. You really think I'm going to go with an offensive player? No, nah, give me Veronik every day. Okay. I I love it. He's the most improved. I think he's going to be the core nucleus of our defense for years to come. Okay. Um, my, you ready for mine? I am. Jonathan Bernier. I'll I mean, he <laughs> last year we talked about how Howard and Bernier were the um, best goalie tandem in the NHL this year. Um, no, it, it was just Bernier. Um, Bernier <laughs> in the 46 games he played, he won 15 of them, lost 22. And that's with a shit defense. Um, he had a 2.95 uh, goals against average. Um 1,227 saves. His save percentage was at a 90, uh, 91% pretty much. Um, he, he did everything he could behind that awful defense. We're not going to talk about Howard's numbers because quite honestly, a fat guy, a fat guy could stand in the net and be better. (laughs) And I'm not trying to rag on Howard. He had a great season last year and, I by far last year was MVP. Yeah, so last year definitely. We're but, Howie uh, haters. We're Howie haters. We we have been. Last year we were kind of on the up and up with him. We were talking very highly of him last year. But my old my old self is coming back with Jimmy Howard. Yeah, he's not the greatest. So, and I've never said he's going to be that goalie to get us to that level. I I've always compared him to Manny Legacy. He's good. He's decent. He's just never going to win a cup. Um, and that, that's the honest to God truth. And I'm not saying Bernier is that guy either, but when I'm talking about the season interview, Bernier, in my opinion, was the best player in, in my opinion on the team. Um, second would probably have to be, uh, Bertuzzi Bertuzzi. And it's not because of the numbers he put up. It's because of the fact that he showed so much improvement from last year to this year. Um, he went from, um, a, a gritty, uh, grinded out player last year. Um, and then the end of last year, he started to show that scoring touch. And this year, he really started to show that scoring touch. Um, um, so, yeah, I um, Bernier, Bertuzzi, Larkin, in that order. Um, so, I mean, I can, I can go with that. Um, I do. I'm going to say Verona. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm not giving, I'm not giving the defenseman enough NHL. love. Uh, you know. First year and in the NHL, full full time, he he did show some weaknesses, but he never made the same mistakes twice. Right, right. He he, he didn't. Um, and 
That's that's going to be important going on um, uh, into the future uh, with a lot of these uh, young defensive core players. Um, you're going to see Hronik. I think Hronik, Chalowski, um God, why can't I think right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, Hronik, uh, Hronik, Chalowski, um Oh gosh, darn it! I can't talk today. Hicketts, right yeah, Hicketts. Um, uh, those players are going to be the future core of that defense. I, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we're still looking for that true number one. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. So, uh, as much as I like Ronick, I don't think he's going to be the true number one. Um, but. Maybe Cyber turns into that true number one. I don't know. Right. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah, my number was one player is Larkin. Yeah. He just shows heart every game. Every shift, yep. And I'm sorry for the people who say, oh, he's not a captain because he throws a temper, temper tantrum. Uh, things aren't going his way. Did they ever um, see Eisenman when he was younger? Did they ever watch clips of Eisenman when he was younger? He did the same thing. He would get on that bench and just scream "fuck" at the lot of his. Uh, I'm sorry, pardon my French. I'm gonna remind me to bleep that out, Caleb. Uh, yeah, but he would sc- he would scream the f bomb at the top of his lungs and multiple times. Yeah, so I I don't I don't understand that argument. Oh, he's not mature. No, he's what was it? Eisenman became captain at 19. What didn't he? 19 years old? Yes. Or is he 20? He was right around 19 or 20. So. You want to talk about immature. He became very mature, but he showed his frustrations, and we're human. We all do. So, um, I would love to give number three to Mansa, but uh, due to the unfortunate circumstances, uh, I think he would have been a 30 goal uh, scorer this year. Um, but I'm going to go with Bertuzzi as well. Um, he went from that, he said, the, the gritty guy to. Scoring touch to next type player. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what we need. But he still does have that hard nose style of play. Yeah. Oh. That's that. Um, <laughs> that segment brought to you by The Beard Struggle. Check yeah. them out at thebeardstruggle.com. They have amazing products for your beard. Um, I've been using them. I don't know if you've been using them yet, but uh, it's been great. They got great scents uh, for beard oils, beard washes, beard balms. Um, they have a beard comb that's heated that helps keep your beard nice and trimmed and in shape while all your hair is going down. Um, I personally don't use that, but uh, Beard oils I've used in the shampoo and conditioner uh, products work great. If you use Caleb R10, that will get you 10% off of your uh, of, of your first order. In any order, at that. Yeah. Good job. Nice. Ooh. <laughs> so now, um. Saginaw Spirit season in review. Um, God, it seems like a lifetime ago when the season started. Um, No. Uh And it started. It did not start well for Saginaw. It really didn't. Uh Uh, You know, that five. I remember the five to four loss to Kitchener right off the bat in overtime. First game of the season. That was a tough loss. (laughs) Um, and then they went on to lose to Flint four to one. Um, they beat. Then they turned around and beat um, Sarnia nine to three, but ended up losing to the Sioux the night after that six to four, and then shut out Niagara the next day three to nothing. Um, and that's when we started seeing. I mean, they had a lot of high scoring games this year, and there's um, to me there's quite a few rationales behind that. Um, number one, their defense was learning a lot this year, and we've said that before, and we'll say it again. Their defense was young. That was that was the Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. It was just you know their defense was young, 
uh, suspect at times. Um, didn't help any that um, Ilya Solyov kept getting selected for his home uh, home country team to play in juniors and all sorts of different tournaments. Yep. So he was in and out of the lineup. By far the best defenseman that the Spirit had this year. Yeah, and yeah, he's draft eligible, eligible. By the way, is he? Yes. Well, my thing was, and I, and we said it. Remember how we said halfway through the season, maybe a little over halfway, that we said we don't see them getting past the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. But with the uh, acquisition or the emergence or the uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of with Riley Reb- Webb returning. Oh. Yeah, that changed. That changed everything. Um, and we didn't, re- we haven't, re- we didn't even release an episode since then because of everything that's been going on. Um, but I believe that they had a shot of, but with the addition of Riley Webb, um, they went from being um, a possible contender to possible to being the one that people had to contend with. Uh, Ryan Suzuki. Yeah, and yep, and the acquisition that of Ryan Suzuki. Yep, yep. Adding adding that Drinkle one more bit showing. of firepower. Once again, Drinkle showing he's willing to do anything to put the spirit up on top. Yep, exactly. And he didn't. Yeah, he gave up a lot for it. But if you got to understand how many picks Saginaw has, holy crap! We've been we've been stockpiling picks for the last ten years. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, was it a lot of picks? Yes. Um, did we did give we o- up a lot? Yes. Did we overpay for him? No. Absolutely not. He's by far the, by far one of the best players in the league. Yeah, and, I mean, you had top score. Giroux had a phenomenal season. Yeah. It, it, it's sad the, to see the season end the way it did. Oh, yeah. Especially for those guys. Yeah. You know, so who won't be back next year? Yeah. Look at uh, Cole Perfetti. Remember, he started out slow this season. He finished with 111 points in 61 games. I think that was good enough for point-wise second in the yeah, league. Yeah, I think it was second in the league. Um. Second on the team, uh, Cole Koski finished with 80 points, uh, 34 goals, and 46 assists. Uh, Damian, uh, Damian Giroux, he had the most goals um, this year. He had 44 goals and 31 assists for 75 points. He's been great for the spirit. Yep, and Ryan Suzuki, who wasn't performing super well in Barry for the first half of the season, exploded uh, when he joined Saginaw with 13 goals and 22 assists in 23 games in Saginaw. In uh, his but, defense, what, with, in, with his time in Barry this year, um, he was dealing with an injury. Yep, and he didn't have a whole uh, lot around him. Right, and, and that injury actually came against the Saginaw spirit. He took a high stick to the eye. Okay. Been dealing with that it's been very scary for him, he said. Um, but he gets to Detroit and he tore it up. <laughs> right. And then uh, um, the finish out fifth, uh, DJ Buzzdecker finished with uh, 57 points, 22 goals, and 35 assists in 62 games played. Another great kid. Came yep. into the league as an undrafted free agent. Left the same way, just recently signed an AHL entry level contract yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday with yesterday or the day before, yeah. Remember. But then uh, for the for the Chicago tripod, <laughs> yeah. But then we have uh, what I'll call the future of this team you know, Mason Millman, uh, Danny Caddick, um, Jake Goldowski, Cameron Baber. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Bodie. No, Bodie Wilds, uh, he's done after this year, isn't he? He's an overager. Goldie. Oh, oh, yeah, Goldie, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, 
And, and the one player that really stunned me this year, um, and I'm going to talk about him real quick, was Saginaw. And I, I said it before, um, and this is probably where a lot of the high score games, folks, and, I, and I'm, I, I, I respect the hell, and we're going to talk about the Saginaw spirit, um, each one of their playoff runs they've had over the years. Um, but... I understand what Tristan Lennox has done for this program, especially last year, and how well he performed in the playoffs against Guelph. Um, and don't bring that up right now. That's still a hard pill to swallow. But I, why Marshall Frappier wasn't giving the starting job out, outright, I'm not questioning. I am not going to question Coach Laz, but Marshall Frappier should have been the complete starter. <laughs> Um, absolutely. For he was drafted originally by Sudbury in 2017 as a sixth round, 110th draft pick. Uh, he was a di- he's a diamond in the rough. I I see a decent career out of him coming up. He, he'll be he'll be in Saginaw next year, I guarantee. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, he's only going to get better. Um, no, he's no. Ivan Prosvitov, but to be completely honest, folks, Ivan Prosvitov, when it comes to the history of goalies in Saginaw, he stands on his own, and he always will, unless we get another phenom goalie. But Prosvitov stands on a level of his own compared to every other goalie that's ever played in Saginaw. He was the most NHL-ready goalie. Yes. Uh, Marshall Frappier, though, um, and I've been hard on Saginaw goalies. I I hated it when... um, who was uh, the Saginaw goalie that got drafted by the Red Wings? Jake Patterson. I did not like Patterson. I never liked Patterson. Cormier. I never liked Cormier. I was never a big fan of Cormier. His pads were too slow. Um, his glove was inter- intermittent, and he had horrible rebound control. Um, I'm proud of them when they go on in their careers and they get better. I Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I am. But Marshall Frappier was a... A, a nice bright spot this year. And uh, who was your surprise player of the year for Saginaw? Cause you've seen, you saw them a lot more than I did. I've been busy up here in Alpena. So you've seen Honestly, them. My surprise, my biggest surprise was Ilya Soliov. Okay. And, and uh, T-Bone. Pat. Oh yeah. T-Bone. Yeah. Greatest yeah. name ever. Right, but no, T Bone. T Bone really surprised me. He's he's another guy that uh, is like a perfetti, uh, and only time will tell if he continues on that career development. Um, but he was phenomenal. Right. So here's my uh, here's my, oh sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Finish your thought. <clears throat> my thought is um, if he continues to develop his hockey IQ and his shot and uh, his defense is a little suspect, but again, he was young. Um, he's going to end up being a top draft pick. There we go. Yeah. So, that's that. No more thoughts. <laughs> um, who's your... I, I'm, I know I really don't need to ask this question. Who's your MVP of the season for the Saginaw Spirit? Oh, Perfetti. Okay. Yeah, same here. Uh, there's no discussion needed to be had there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty common sense, honestly, if you ask me. Um, so with that, uh, we are going to take a break. Uh, we're sorry this took a half hour to get through uh, this first segment, but it was a good season um, for the Saginaw. For Saginaw, um, not a good season for Detroit, but there's a lot of room for optimism. We're we're getting close. Um, so just trust in the eyes of your plan, folks, and uh, we'll be back on Undrafted here um, in in just a few moments. Hey, that's just a phase. You've gone through a few yourself, you know. Yeah, like those two weeks you spent narrating your own life? I walked into the kitchen and sat down at the table. I looked with a grimace at the questionable meal Lois had placed in front of me. Of course, I'd never tell her how disgusted I was with her cooking, but somehow I think she knew. Lois had always been full of energy and life, but lately I had begun to grow more aware of her aging. The bright, exuberant eyes that I had fallen in love with were now beginning to grow dull and listless with the long fatigue of a weary life. I awoke several hours later in a daze. You should spend some time with our kids, Peter, and with me. Well, well, what could me and you do together? <laughs> Lois, you've got a sick mind! 
Peter, I'm talking about making love. Oh, oh, I thought you wanted us to murder the children and harvest their organs for beer money. And welcome back, folks. Uh, we had a nice long segment there, but it was nice to kind of go over the season and just think about sports for a little bit. Think about hockey and how much I miss it. It was nice. Hockey misses you, too. It does. It, it truly does. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, with that being said, um, the next question, um, and we talked about it a little bit before with uh, Michigan State, we talked about, you know, what could have been. I We do believe they would have been the national champion this year in basketball. Well, I'm going to ask that about the Red Wings and what could have been. They still were going to be playing golf this time of year already. So we already know. They were eliminated from the playoffs before the the – the 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 season was told to be end due to this virus. That's bad, folks. They were eliminated from the playoffs in February, just a little over halfway through the season. That, that's bad. So we're going to ask this question: What could have been in Saginaw this year? What could have been? I think they would have won it all. Do you think so? Oh yeah. Don't you don't think their defense would have um their defense was suspect, but I think their offense would have given fits to everybody else. And that see that's the thing, like in those high scoring games, they pulled it out. Their their offense balanced out their defense. They 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 outscored, you know, and yeah, and you don't want a shootout per se, but they could win those shootout games. Frappier did a fantastic job, as did Bunny. Um, keeping their team in the game. Made the big saves when they had to. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think their offense would have given fits, especially with a guy like Buzz Decker who was floating uh, around the blue line as a defenseman who's really a true forward. He is. And slid down and created. Laz, I, I feel like, kind of took a page out of our playbook where you used a true offenseman, offensive defenseman. So a guy that would play offense, you move him back to the blue line. Mm-hmm. And then he creates that fourth attacker. Kind of like uh, our offensive scheme that we run. Yeah. I feel like Laz took that took a page from our playbook and used Buzzdecker as we would have. A floater, if you will. And Buzzdecker created fits. Along with Perfetti, Giroux, Suzuki, when we got him, it was just, it just wreaked havoc. Right, I, <laughs> I, I believe the same thing. Um, they, they, they won the shootout games, and by shootout I mean like high scoring games, like those nine to eight games or nine to six games. They won those games. Um, they had to make a couple big comebacks, but that's what I'm saying. They would have won. That's why I'm saying they would have won it all. That's the same reason why I said Michigan State would have won them all. Um, um, I, they had that resolve. They had an intensity that I think they even slightly lacked a little bit last year. Um, last year when, um, uh, and we'll talk about it, when um, Murray and uh, Prasvatov got kicked out of the series, um, they didn't dig in. I think this spirit team, if something would have happened like that, it wouldn't have mattered. I think they would have been like, okay, screw it, but we're going to still win this series out. And I, I, I agree. I think, I think this would have been the year. I think they definitely would have uh, won the Wayne Gretzky trophy. I do think they had a very good opportunity um, to uh, beat, and it probably would have been Ottawa. I'm guessing, you know, if, if you want to look at it, um, they probably would have played, um, hold on. They probably would have played. Uh, who was it in the first round that they were going to play? It looked like, oh, like Erie. They would have played like an Erie in the first round. They would have beat Erie. Um, and then they would have played a, a more decent team. Um, and I'm not quite sure, but you know, in the in the conference finals, they were gonna they were gonna play London this year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
Um, and I do think they would have beat. Uh, I think they would have taken London to a six game, six or seven game series and squeaked it out. Um, and then they would have played Ottawa in the OHL championship and they would have beat Ottawa in seven games. Um, and then they would have turned around and went to the Memorial Cup. And I don't know about winning the Memorial Cup, but I do think they would have made quite a decent run at the Memorial Cup. Would have been about- tough. It would have been tough, but I do think there was an opportunity. I do, I believe beyond a reasonable doubt, I do believe that they would have won um, the OHL championship this year. Mm-hmm. And it would have been tough for the Memorial Cup, but but they would have gotten there. Is my is my opinion? Absolutely. And it would have been something. And this is what I'm going to say right now, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later after. Um, we talk about the draft and all that, um, but this is the one thing I'm going to say before we talk about it a little bit in depth. God, I miss playoff hockey. I miss playoff atmosphere hockey. There's nothing like it. Oh my God! When they were showing those videos from that uh, from that overtime game against Guelph last year, oh, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. You know, absolutely. There's so. nothing like it. <laughs> Every goal, every penalty, every big moment, there's just nothing, nothing like it. And it's hard to describe, but it was electric inside Wendell. Yeah. Yep. And the millage passed on that millage passed. So we're going to see Wendell get upgraded. It it needs to be. It's so, so badly. So badly. Um, whenever sports resume, um, and I'm not a proponent of opening up too quick. Whenever sports resume, um, I'll I'll be very thankful. We I took sports for granted. Um, to people who say, "Oh, we're realizing that sports aren't that important," they aren't, but they are. Um, hockey was always my retreat. Um, but one significant moment I can remember in sports. Um, before we talk about the NHL draft, I just want to reiterate what sports can do to a person. Um, in 2017, I'd been married for a year. Um, my uh, now ex-wife left, uh, took the kids, and I I couldn't even walk into our house, and I had to move in with my parents. Remember that, Caleb? Absolutely. And this, uh, this is a story about how sports um, really, to me, meant more than just – it was more than just a game. And that was the 2017 um, Michigan State Spartan football team. Um, They weren't picked to do very well. Yet week in and week out, I saw these guys overcome adversity. Week in and week out. Um, The the weekend um, after uh, my ex-wife left was the Michigan-Michigan State game at the big house. And I'm like, God, I hope they don't get blown out. And they pull it out in a monsoon at 14 to 10. And the whole season was just like that. And it just gave you so much. It it improved your mental state of being. So for those of you who say sports don't matter, I, I, I'm going to disagree. Sports can bring a community together. It can also bring, rip them apart. Yeah. If you take it too seriously. Yeah. But sports to at least the United States means so much. When 9-11 happened, we went yes. a little hiatus yeah. without sports. And the first game back, the first game after 9-11, when Bush threw out that first pitch, yep. it wasn't a Yankee fan. And I it didn't even matter. It, yeah, it didn't matter if you were a Democrat. We were all Americans. It, it didn't matter, yes. My parents, who aren't the biggest patriots in the world, they American flag out. Yep, I remember. I was shocked seeing that, to be completely honest. And that was our big fu to the terrorists. Yep. You know, and there's plenty of stories like that after World War II, when all the all major league players returned to all their sports and. Um, there's many stories like that where sports transcends just the game. Um, And that's why we look for, that's why we're looking forward. That's why we look ahead. Uh, This won't last forever. Uh, This, uh, our, our planet, um, our people, uh, human beings, we have endured 
multiple upon multiple upon multiple um, pandemics throughout human history. And we need to understand that this isn't the end of human history. Um, if anything, uh, this is uh, if we could look at this as a good thing where the longer we're under lockdown, the longer we're staying at home means the longer that healthcare workers can get ahead of it means longer. We can come up with a vaccine as much as I hate Trump. Uh, there's not much he can do. Uh, he's I, I, I sincerely believe as much as I hate the man, he is trying. Um, he did not tell people to ingest Lysol or anything like that. He did not say ingest it. Um, use some common sense people. He was asking if there was something like it. And I'm, you find me, Caleb, I'm defending the man. That's a shocker. <laughs> I, I know you're you're probably about to shit yourself, um, but we need to use common sense and we need to understand that there are certain things that come above politics and constitutional rights. Uh, both the president and uh, all the governors are within their um, federal and state's constitutions um, to stay at home orders. Uh, I hope you guys understand that. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. Um, but with that, um, do you have any thoughts on that before we go on to the NHL draft? I'm sorry. We're covering a lot, and I didn't mean for that to get um, negative. I am just um, trying to promote positivity and, and, and enlightening. Yes, and I apologize for that. Um, I'm, I'm done talking about it. Uh, um, no, I, I, I agree. They are 100% within their rights um, to keep the country safe. So all you idiots that go, open up whatever state you may live in mm -hmm. shut up take it with take it with a grin on your chin mm -hmm. it's for the betterment of you well it's the same thing with the patriot act i bet you they weren't upset about that we gave up a lot more freedoms with that than we do not, we are now so perspective is only yes exactly perspective folks perspective with that we're gonna go into the nhl draft um We still don't know where we're going to draft. <laughs> um, that's the, the, the beauty of um, a lottery. Yeah. Oh, Red Wings, you completely suck. You should have the first number one or the first draft pick overall. Nah. Why would we do that? Right. I don't... <sighs> I guess my, my bias is kicking in. I don't want the first overall pick. But that's just because I want Cole Perfetti. Or pick I, Cole I Perfetti at number one. Well, Iserman <laughs> has already proven himself that he's going to take who he wants. He's not going to take yes. the best overall player. He's going to take the best overall player for him. Yep. Right now, most mock drafts... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do I think Cole Perfetti is going to be a franchise player? Yes. <clears throat> no. Oh, no? No, I don't. I don't think he will be the face of a franchise, but I do think he will be the elite goal scorer. He will be an elitist in the league. Okay. He won't be one-dimensional. He'll be multifaceted. Um, he will be He'll, he'll just make the overall team around him better. Right. Yeah. Well, according to this mock draft, um, they have Detroit at number one, uh, of course, direct, drafting Alexis Lafreniere uh, from uh, Ramuski in the queue. Um, they have Ottawa drafting second and third. Um, we're getting Quentin Byfield at uh, second and Tim Stutzel at third. Can I, can I make a comment here? The OHL, the CHL as a whole, is dominating in the NHL drafts. That's all you see. That's all you see. I'm seeing like four OHLers. One, two, three, four in the top six. And then Sorry. the other one of them is a Q. There's, a, there's, only, there's only one player um, coming out of... Um, Coming out of uh, the, the the Dutch leagues, um, and that would be Tim Stutzel um, from Mannheim. So it's it's amazing the kind of talent that's coming out of them. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, but name the last Dutch player to be able to come over and play successfully at the NHL level. 
Yeah, I have no clue. Wouldn't that be? Oh, well, hold on. I might. I might have it. I might have. I might have it. Was it? Was it a goalie? I don't know. Oh, I, that was a legit question. Oh, I'm. I don't. I'm gonna let me look up. Um, because. Let me look up where this player is from, and I want to make sure before I, before I say anything. Yeah, I don't uh, want to. He was Latvian. I don't want to badmouth so, him and say, "Oh, he's not going to be shit." But no. So the, the the player I thought it was, he was from Latvia. So no, that wouldn't be him. You know, I don't want to badmouth anybody. He may be a great player, but I don't think he should be going over Cole Perfetti or. Byfield or whoever else from the OHL. <laughs> the okay, I, I looked it up. There have been four players that have been Dutch all time. Okay. The highest scoring one was, ready for it, Ed Beers. Doesn't, isn't he an OHL ref now? He was born in 1959. He might be. Yeah, he only had 210 points in 250 games. Uh, he is... Let me look it up. You might be right. Because there's an OHL ref last name of Beer. And he wears number 69. No shit. No. No. Does he really? Did he really? Yeah. It was awesome. We always hoped that he was a linesman, so it was, we always hoped we'd have him because he was he was a phenomenal dude. <laughs> you said in the OHL. Yeah. Let's see here. We'll look it up. OHL officials. Is he, would he still be one today? Yeah. Oh, no, it's Blake Beer, and he's number 67. Oh, they changed his number? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so, yeah, I think... You know, the mock draft, they have uh, Lafreniere going one to Detroit, Byfield going two, Stutzel going three, to uh, two and three going to Ottawa. Four would be Jamie, Jamie Drysdale from Erie, and that's a good thing. Erie's starting to put up some good players. Um, and then Cole Perfetti at number five. I don't think Perfetti goes that low. No. It, that could just be my bias, but I... I... <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't see him going that low. Okay. I could understand that. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking cold. to see what Saginaw players are up this year going to the draft, other than Perfetti. Um. Ilya Solyov. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking to see where they have him. Uh, I think they got him. The fifth round. Oh, fifth. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. I can see him going lower. Um, but he's going to be a steal for whoever takes him. They don't even have him up there yet. Yeah. Whoever takes him, if anybody takes him, is going to get a steal in the player. He's a great kid. Uh, and a phenomenal player. Yeah, right now the only the only one they have listed is Cole Perfetti. Guys, are in listen to me. Take Perfetti. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, with that, I guess we'll take uh, one more uh, another break here, and when we come back, we will. Um... We're just going to go over uh, some feel-good moments and um, some playoff runs, and we'll wrap it up after that. All right, folks? Uh, so stay tuned to Undrafted. 
There's people out there that would like you to believe the economy isn't doing so well. Well, to that I answer, hey, for the two million jobs we've lost, that means there's two million unemployed people sitting at home watching repeats of quality television, such as The Jeffersons or Facts of Life. And that just equals more ad revenue to radio and TV stations. Cut. What do you mean, cut? Well, then you can, you can do it yourself. However, there are certain liberal agitators out there who'd, who'd like you to believe that my administration's not doing such a good job. Of course, these are people such as Howard Stern, Richard Clark, and the news. You want to know why I pulled you over? Littering. <laughs> Officer, that, that's not ours. Candy bars. Littering and... Littering and, uh, and uh, littering and, and littering and uh, littering and littering and littering and smoking the reefer. And welcome back to Undrafted, folks. Um, coming back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about some uh, feel-good moments, either sports or hockey or just in general. You know. Um, feel good moments. Ah, feeling good right now. I've got half a bottle of Traverse City whiskey in me. Uh, I mean, um, root beer. I've got root beer. In um, family show. Uh, <laughs> no, in all honesty, though, feel good moments. Um, to me, it's a '97 playoff run. I know. I know it's different. Uh, a different topic than what we're supposed to be talking on, but uh, I'm gonna kind of make the jump right into it. Okay. And I'm just gonna say 97 winning the Stanley Cup. And I'll discuss that later when we actually get to it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about that now, go ahead. Prepare. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go ahead? <laughs> no, I can. Um, the 97 playoff run. I just think it meant so much to Detroit, the state of Michigan as a whole. Uh, they waited a long time to get back to the cup. We got it. We got there. We won. Just something special. It really was watching, watching all those guys win the cup, lift it up. It was special. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that all you got? <laughs> I got. It was special. I. Could, yeah, there's no other way to explain it. it. You know, you go 55 years without winning a Stanley Cup. You know, and. After how, uh, after like, how, oh, go ahead. Winning that Stanley Cup, it's kind of like, to describe it, like um, becoming a parent for the first time. You can't yeah. explain it. It was like a, it was like a curse being lifted almost, because after how the Detroit Red Wings organization treated Gordie Howe when he left for the WHA, uh, it's almost like Gordie put a curse on the team. You know what I mean? Doesn't it kind of kinda feel that way? Oh, absolutely, and uh, the fact that they ended that—I um, mean, the best—the best Red Wings team to never win a Stanley Cup was uh, a couple years before that, the nine, uh, the ninety-five, ninety-six, uh, ninety-four, ninety-five team. Oh yeah, uh, that was the best team to never win a cup. Um, but th- this team didn't have the talent that team had, but what uh, what was different was um, uh, they had. That Red Wings team was speed and finesse. Um, and what happened was Scotty Bowman decided to get a, rid of a little bit of that finesse and add just a tad bit more grit. And that's what it needed. Mm-hmm. And that's why that Stanley Cup team in 97 was great. But I'm going to rebuttal here. I mean, this will be our good news segment. This will be our optimism segment here. Um, I'm going to go with the 01 02 Red Wings. I really, I was wrestling with either going with. Uh, um, the 98 team, but I'm choosing this, um, number one, because, uh, this team 
was an all-star team. A lot of the players at the beginning of, um, in the offseason uh, leading up to the season, they took pay cuts to get these superstars to come to Detroit. A lot of these superstars who have never won a Stanley Cup. Um, you had um, Dominic Hasek join Detroit, and then you had Brett Hull, and then you had Luke Robitaille. And they already joined a team that had Chelios, Fedorov, Larionov, Lidstrom, Shanahan, Iserman, uh, Yuri Fisher, uh, Steve Duchesne, Thomas Holmstrom, Chris Draper, Kirk Maltby, Darren McCarty, and Pavel Datsuk played in his rookie season in that year. And with a coach like Scotty Bowman, that team was picked First at the beginning. Team. That yeah, that team was picked to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the year. If they didn't win the Stanley Cup, it was going to be a huge, huge, huge disappointment. They would have ran uh, Kenny out of Detroit at that point. Yeah, if they would have, yeah, definitely. Um, they had, uh, they had a record. Uh, they had 116 points, and this is where last year's Tampa Bay team. Oh, they're so good compared to this Red Wings team. This Red Wings team was better. There were no, there were ties in 0102. Yeah, there were there were ties. Um, so. And then that playoff series, um, where they had they had to play. They played Vancouver in the first round. Remember, they they dropped the first two games in Detroit at home to Vancouver. No, they dropped up. They dropped them at home in Detroit, and then they had to go back and win four straight in Vancouver, two in Vancouver, and then alternate but the fact that they dropped the first two at home that put the playoffs kind of in a bad spot right off the bat uh, but then they went on to win uh, six straight games before losing game three to st louis in detroit by a score of six to one um, but the real series in that whole thing was the western conference finals versus colorado and how Detroit was down three to two in the series, um, and then shut out Colorado in two straight games, uh, two to nothing game in Colorado, and then that seven to nothing shellacking um, in uh, in Detroit. You know what I mean? That I remember that game. I remember that game. Wasn't that the game that forced uh, Wah into retirement? Wah, yeah, Wah retired after that game, folks. He hates oh, Detroit. Fun fact. Fun fact. It was also Detroit that forced Watt out of Montreal. Yep. <laughs> yep. They scored like what was it, nine goals on him and he goes because there were no um fiberglass behind the bench. Wah looks right at the owner, he's like, trade me. Like fucking trade I'm me. I'm done here. I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not staying. Yeah. And then of course the Stanley Cup finals versus Carolina where Igor Larianov, remember that triple overtime game? Scored his first ever Stanley Cup final goal. In Carolina, yep. That was just that was just an amazing season. And here's the thing, like the reason why that team was so good. Brendan Shanahan had the most points the whole season was seventy five. Fedorov had sixty eight. You have like one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten players who have thirty or more points, and none of them had to be the guy. And that's ex- yeah, exactly. Because then when those guys weren't scoring, still you had multiple people that were over, you know, twenty points. You know, and those people would step up. Absolutely. It was just great. That that was an all star team. So yeah, I, I mean, look at it this way: you had some of the best positional players to ever play the game. Um, Dominic Hasek, arguably one of the best goalies to ever play the game. Sergei Fedorov, arguably one of the best two-way forwards to ever play the game. Brett Hull, statistically the best right winger to ever play the game. Luke Robitaille, statistically the best left winger to play the game. You, uh, Chris Chelios statistically the longest player to ever play in the NHL and um, in, in the playoffs and um, in Lidstrom, arguably one of the best defensemen to ever lace him up. You had an all-star team there in Detroit. Dominic Hasek. Yeah. That's... Another greatest goalie. Contention. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just insane at the amount of talent that was placed 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that was just a great team. Um, and I guess Manny Legacy did technically win a cup that year because he backed Hoshik up, but you never really remember that. <laughs> he was a good stop. I, I, I liked Manny. Yes, he was a great spot starter. Just wasn't, I, I, yeah. he wasn't the guy. Well, never was. No. All right. Um, that last segment and this segment brought to you by <laughs> The Beard Struggle. Dot cops. <laughs> Caleb R. Ten for ten percent off your purchase. <laughs> All right. Well, I I don't feel like I I I I I I feel like uh, we we did what we came out to do today. What? Somebody just sent me like a bidet attachment for your toilet <laughs> and the diagram. I want it. <laughs> strong puff. Not puff, but a strong stream of water shooting into some dude's booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Note to self, don't buy that bidet. <laughs> Alright guys, um, so I guess with that, um, we'll be putting out another one here in the next couple few weeks um since hockey season's not really going there's not much to talk about so but with that um the off-season podcast yeah yeah we'll make fun of the off-season podcast because you know those were the two best msu basketball players of all time by far they were right they they called it i'm just kidding just like they say nobody cares about hockey right Uh, so with that, um, I'm Ryan, uh, and don't forget, uh, keep the excess, uh, pet population under control. Get your pets spayed and or neutered. I'm Caleb. It's okay to adopt and shop. Do it responsibly. <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, Aww. Caleb. I didn't mean to cut. You can do it again. Uh, Have a great day, guys, and stay safe. Peace. <laughs> Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period, where players dash with skates of flash, the home team trails behind, but they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the crease like bumblebees, they travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside, it's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Third period, last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink. And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The puck is in, the home team wins the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.